we are, we are so pleased to be with you this morning and very excited for what God's going to do in us and through us. Um, my wife and I, we, we love the show called The Block. I don't know how many of you have seen it on, on DSTV, some good old reality TV. Um, but it's basically, for those of you who don't know, it's a story of these couples, five couples get given this old dilapidated house and they need to renovate it. They come in, they spend about three months busy renovating this house and in true reality TV style, the camera follows them wherever they go. And if there's a bit of conflict, then there's two cameras. And they, you know, you know how it goes. If there's a little bit of a story, then we need to record that. Um, but we love, we love that show, love binging on a bit of reality TV. Um, but this show kind of goes through the motions and then leads up to this sort of finale is where these couples get to auction off this house. So they've spent three months getting this rundown house, building... They've left their families back home. They've been giving this their full attention. And this comes to this very short auction where they get to decide what they can sell the house for. And basically how it works is the show takes a certain amount. So they set what they call a reserve. So they say so this house is worth 2 million rand. And then everything over and above that, this couple, this couple can take. So it's very exciting how much are they going to be able to take home. And this one auction starts. There's this front-running couple. They've been doing well the whole season. And this auction starts. And all of a sudden, things go bonkers. Things go crazy. There's this one guy there who's sort of a regular bidder. And then there's this mystery bidder, this almost unassuming lady saying the back, who just keeps raising her pedal. She just keeps lifting her pedal, and this price goes higher and higher and higher. Eventually, the house sells for 40 million rand plus, this, this renovated house. This couple can take home more than 10 million rand after, this, after basically spending three months on this. They're crying. They're hugging. There's talks of trust funds, paying off home loans, educational policies. Their kids are going to be those trust fund babies. You know those trust fund kids? That we all look at them and growl at them. They're going to be those kids. And, but then... As the show ends, Scotty, the, who's the host of this, or stands also Scotty, says he's never seen this before in all of his life, this, that things would get this crazy on reality TV. And then at the end, realized that that mystery bidder was actually a fraud. She had, yeah, true story. She had submitted, spoiler alert, Gabe, I know you like the block. Uh, okay. <laughs> but she had submitted fraudulent bank statements just to get in, just to get in on the show. And she was raising that paddle. But there was nothing behind it. There was no money to back it up. And this house, at the end of all that, wasn't sold. Sorry, Gabe. I can see the despair in your eyes. He's, Gabe, I often talk about the show with Gabe, and we've skipped a bit ahead. So this is a spoiler alert for him. Um, but there's just this despair of this couple that now they don't know where they stand. And I, want, I wonder if you've been in that situation too, where things are not what they seem. I get involved in this, there's all this hype, all this excitement, all this energy going on, but in reality, things are not what they seem. And I wonder if you can think in your own life where you've been involved in a situation or started something, maybe a, even a, maybe a new relationship or a new job, and as you get into it, you suddenly realize things are not quite what they seem here. Um, or maybe it went the other way. Maybe you met somebody, you just thought, yo, this, uh, I'm a bit unsure about this person. They don't come across so well. Whatever that looks like. But as you got to know them, just they were your best friend. The person that you, often happens like that, hey? The person that you think is the, the weirdo in the class becomes your best friend. And you end up spending all your time together. So my title of the sermon this morning is, Things are not what they seem. Things are not 
what they seem. As Gabe mentioned, we're preaching through the Gospel of John, and we're in John 9 today. What's such a beautiful story. Just you can imagine the the landscape in those days, or just a normal, just a normal day. And Jesus is busy walking with his disciples. He's dust, he's sand in the in the feet, busy walking, and he sees a blind man. He sees a man blind from birth. He was the blind man was sitting there, busy begging, busy asking for money. That's all he could do in those days. There was there was no other option for him but to beg to support himself. And Jesus goes up to him, and as he approaches him, the disciples who are walking there with him, they they feel like they've been with Jesus for some time now. They, they try to get clever. They want to explain why this person, how could you be blind from birth? So they try and offer an explanation about it. They try and say, is it that he sinned or is it that his parents sinned? What's the reason? What's the cause that somebody could be blind from birth? And Jesus very quickly puts them in their place and says, it is not for any reason. The question you should be asking, rather, is how can God be glorified in this situation? And Jesus does this very, um, very socially awkward thing. He, he spits on the ground, basically, this is pre-COVID, spits on the ground, w- washes, that creates like a clay paste with, with his spit and wipes it on the guy's eyes. I mean, you can just imagine watching this from a distance, would just be, just be strange. Tells this guy, go and, go and wash and wash this off and you will see. The, this guy being blind from birth, goes and washes away the mud, and he can see. He can see. Can you imagine? Well, we can't. But imagine being blind from birth, and you can see. He's going through the streets. He's shouting. He's over the moon. He's ecstatic. He could, I, I can't even imagine what that would be like. He can see, and his neighbors, they doubt it. They almost can't believe, how is this even possible? Is this even you? He, they go up to him and says, oh, are you sure it's you? I mean, is it even possible that somebody can see from birth? He says, it's, it's me. I'm the blind guy that can see. I'd love, I would love to be in his head at that moment. Imagine, just imagine for yourself, if the only picture you could form of somebody was through the words that they spoke. Just, just imagine. And then all of a sudden, everyone switches the light on. I wonder who would be the, who would be the fat ones, you know? Who would, be the, who would be the ones that don't quite fit in? Who would be the, who would be the, the you know, I just, if we could only, if we could only fit in our, in our head, the, through what people say, I just wonder what, what a, the real picture of people would look like. Um, and as the story goes, they can't explain the situation. They, the whole community is so dumbfounded by what happened that they send the blind man to the Pharisees, the spiritual leaders, say, look, we need to explain this. The Pharisees come in there with all their wisdom, and they, they, miss, they miss the mark. They basically question him. They try to figure out what's happening. They firstly don't believe him, and then secondly, they just challenge his theology about what happened. Is it possible it happened? They call his parents in to say, is this your son? Is it possible that this boy was healed? And they say, it is him. And he is of age. Let him speak for himself. And he says, basically comes down to it. He says to them, I don't know. I don't know about all your questions about being healed on the Sabbath, about if, who healed me? Is he a sinner? Is he a saint? He says, I don't know about all those things. But what I do know is that I was blind, and now I can see. That's all, that's all that I know. The Pharisees, they don't accept this. They basically kick him out of, the, out of the synagogue, out of the area. He's out there, out of the town, on his own. And guess, guess who reappears? It's Jesus. Jesus goes and seeks him out. Jesus goes and finds him. And everybody else has left. Jesus goes and finds him. And he asks him this question. He says, do you believe 
in the Son of Man? Do you believe in the Son of Man? He says, who is the Son of Man? Says Jesus. He replied, Jesus replies and says, I am he. And the blind man says, I believe. And he worships. And he worships. And Jesus says these famous words. He says, I have come that the blind may see. And those who see may become blind. Things are not what they seem. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray you'd come with us on this journey this morning. I pray you'd show us your face. I pray you'd open our eyes that we can see you this morning, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you for how you've spoken to us. And I pray you'd mold us and shape us in your precious name. I love, I love how the story starts. It's so, it's so unassuming. You know, the, Jesus, the Savior of the world, steps into the situation walking with his disciples. There, there's a great um, quote uh, we heard, heard the other day, but Jesus um, ministered at a three miles per hour pace. You know, he, Jesus just walked. He walked through the streets with his disciples, and he saw the blind man. He saw the blind man. The blind man would have been there. He was of age, so he was maybe 30 or 35 years old. I don't know, I don't know what of age exactly means, but he would have been there for a long time. For many days, he had been there in that situation where he was busy begging just to find a way to survive. And Jesus saw him in that. So many of the other stories in, um, in the Gospels, there's stories about people pushing through the crowds and people lowering their friends down through the roof, like doing whatever they can to get to Jesus. But what I love about this story is that Jesus meets the blind man where he is. And then circle that back right until the end, Jesus seeks him out. He says, after Jesus found him at the end of the day, in the quietness of the day when he had been kicked out of the synagogue, Jesus found him and ministered to him. And just as we think about that passage and how it relates to us, I wonder where in your life maybe you feel you're in darkness or there's blindness in your life or there's a situation. Maybe, maybe you don't know how to overcome something in your life, or you just feel like you've been struggling with this thing for what feels like an eternity. Maybe it's a relationship that you're in where it just feels like this thing is, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to fix the situation. Maybe there's just something you've been holding out for or trusting the Lord for for many, many years. Maybe it's physical healing that you've been trusting God for for many, many years. And my encouragement to you and what I really felt like as I was prayed this morning is that God and Jesus sees that and that things are not as they seem. Things are not as they seem. For the blind man, it seemed as though he would live his whole life as a blind person. But in reality, things were not as they seem. As Jesus stepped onto the scene, things changed. Things were different. And that is my prayer this morning, is that you would have a realization of Jesus stepping onto your scene, stepping into your situation, stepping into what you are trusting Him for, and that will change everything. Just a, a personal story for us. Amy and I, we've got our two little champions who, who keep us up at night, and we love them to bits. But it, it wasn't always like that for us. We got married, and for a long time, we, we struggled to have kids. It's a, it sucks. I'll tell you when you, particularly that journey, it's difficult, man. When you kind of, you've got these desires in your heart, you know what God's put inside of you, and just, it doesn't, it's just a difficult situation. 
Um, and it went on for months. The months turned to years. Um, eventually, it went for four years. We were in that journey, in that wrestle of trying to figure things out. Um, and in that time, we needed to settle some big things, settle what does it mean to maybe not have our own children? What does that look like? What is the Lord's plan for us? But in that also felt like we were seen by the Lord and he was with us. And, and in that moment and in going through it and kind of the gift of hindsight, looking back now, I can say with confidence that things were not what they seemed. In that moment, it feels like it's absolute despair. But as we look back, Things were not how they seemed. God blessed us with Zach. He blessed us with Christopher. And we've got another one on the way. I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh. Jokes, 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 No, 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 I'm joking. I don't know. I'm really joking. Yeah. Uh, Amy, Amy always, I'm ready for the third. Amy says she still needs a little, a little while. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but there's just, I think there's, a, there's an encouragement here from the Lord. In Romans 8 says, God works all things together for those who love him. Um, John 9 verse 2, this is now the disciples in their, I think, in their best intention, trying to figure things out. They're trying to, they're trying to link cause and effect to what's happening. 9 verse 2 says, Rabbi who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind. It was common in those days that if there was any physical ailment of any type, it was due to sin. Somebody, somebody had messed up, and they were thinking because this person had been, had been born blind, it must have been his parents that did that. And the question that Jesus poses to them is, is rather be asking, how can God's glory be revealed in this situation? And I, I know it's tough. It's tough, tough, tough. Being in that, in that journey for the last four years, it's tough. It's tough not to get onto that why it's, not too, it's tough not to get stuck there in terms of why is this happening? Why, 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 why? And feel like you have to get an answer in order to have comfort and have, have peace where you are. But this is what Jesus is saying is that if you look to the Father and rather ask, Lord, how can your, your glory be revealed in this situation? I think the answers start to, start to look a bit different. Um, Searching for the why won't bring you closer to Jesus or his solution for the situation. I really, I really feel like it's not going to bring the comfort that you need. Um, Danny said a, a great quote. Do you want to repeat it, Danny, what you said this morning about hope being a, a choice? Hope is not a feeling, it's a focus. And looking for hope in that situation, we're so looking for that feeling of comfort, hey? We're looking for that, I just want to know it's going to be okay. And I think that's, I think looking back to that, that's what the disciples were, were searching for, is that they wanted an explanation, they wanted some comfort around that. But my conviction in reading through this is that hope, we receive hope as our focus is correct. And our focus is on Jesus. God works all things together for good for those who love him. Jesus heals this blind man and the town go crazy. There's absolute celebration. There's absolute joy. There's absolute dumbfoundment. Everyone is happy for the blind man except for the Pharisees. The Pharisees are the ones that miss it. The Pharisees are the ones who don't see the miracle because they're stuck with where, we, where they are. And this, this, um, this turning happens in the story. It's so beautiful. The, the blind man starts sitting in 
the hut or in the <laughs> basically sitting on the road begging, you know, just at the lowest point of society, blind, unable to see. The Pharisees, what is perceived to be, start at the high end. They're educated. They've got their fancy clothes. They are, are well regarded in society. They're well respected in society. And this thing starts, the story starts like this and it just turns, completely turns. The blind man goes from being blind to seeing, and the Pharisees go from being seeing as though they could see to being completely blind. They get stuck in their own judgment, in their own confusion, in their own doubt, and in the end, completely miss what God is doing. I want to read to you just the, the engagement at the end. Jesus heard, um, yeah, Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found them, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered. And he said, Yes, sir, I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I came into the world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. And I think we have a challenge this morning. I really, in terms of how we respond, if you think back to those situations and those areas in our own life that you're trusting God for, I think we have a choice about how we respond. We are able to respond like the blind man, or we're able to respond like the Pharisees. The blind man, it was incredibly simple. If you just follow, if you just follow the blind man's story through, through to John 9, it's, it's actually incredibly simple. No, it's incredibly profound. Jesus says to him, go, he's very little coming from his side. Just Jesus says to him, go wash your face, basically. Puts, puts this mud on his face, says, go wash your face. He goes and washes it. And in the end, he asks Jesus, who is the Messiah? And he says, I believe, and he worships him. It's just about obedience to what God has called us to, and it's about worship, being in His presence. And I just want to encourage you this morning, through as you're going through your situations or your challenges or where you feel like you're so desperate for resolution or answers, I really believe the answer to that situation is being in the presence of Jesus, allowing Jesus to reveal Himself to you and worshiping Him in that. And there comes our answers. The Pharisees, they were full of doubt. They accused, they accused Jesus. They accused the blind man of lying. They accused the parents of lying. And in their seeking to be hold on to their own view, their own perceptions, their own status, they missed it, missed it completely. They missed it badly. And in the end, they were the ones that were blind. I just want to share one final story with you, a personal, it's not even a testimony, I think just in terms of the realness of where things are, if I tell you the story of Amy and I trying to have kids, it's, it's a great story to tell, because at the end of it, we've got, we've got little kids, you know, we've got, we've, we've got the Lord answering our prayers, but two, uh, some years back, as, um, during high school, I, I struggled, started struggling to see, you know, the typical story, I started struggling to see the whiteboard, not because I was sleeping in class, but just because I was, I was really struggling to see it. Um, went to the, the op optometrist, 
went eventually to the ophthalmologist, which is like an eye surgeon, and I've got a, a degenerative condition in my eyes, which is, is that I basically, my eyes keep getting worse and worse over time. And I've had many, many people pray for me. I'd have many times of trusting God, but it does. Things slowly deteriorate, and they get worse. I can't do some of the things that I did before. I don't play much racket sport. I used to love, love playing a good game of squash. I, I don't do that anymore. Um, I, I, to drive at night is very challenging for me. Um, and things getting progressively worse. And it's, it's a, quite an unnerving feeling to be in a situation uh, as the blind man where it's just not coming right, you know, what, what, what more must I do? What more must I do? Must I, must I fast? Must I pray? Must I get I don't know, some prophet to pray over me? It's difficult in that situation. So just, I think there's comfort in that too, in terms of that situation that hasn't resolved yet. It's okay. It's all right. And we need to continue trusting God for our healing, continue trusting God that He will step into our situations, and He is going to step into our situation. Things are not what they seem. And I claim that over my life, that as, as the doctors have said one thing after another thing after another thing, that things are not what they seem. I wonder if we could stand together. I want to just read a final verse, and then we can gonna hand over to Gabe to take us through communion. Just as we pray together, I wonder if you could just in your mind's eye, visualize that situation that you are trusting God for. Visualize that area that you need Jesus to intervene. And let's pray together for that. As, as, um, as Jesus got down into the mud and spat on the ground, I'm not, I'm not going to do a, a real-life demonstration of that this morning, um, but he spat on the ground, worked the soil, and wiped it on his hand. It was so almost, um, it's just a repetition of Genesis 1. It says, Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils and breathed life. And the man became a living being. It's that thing of from the dust, God brought life. And Lord Jesus, my prayer for every person sitting here this morning is that you would breathe life into their situation. That you would breathe your presence into their situation. As you saw that blind man on the street, you see every single person here today. And I declare over each of you that things are not what they seem. That situation that you've been in, that challenge that you feel like cannot be overcome, that relationship that's gone bad, that child who is wayward and doesn't speak to you anymore, I declare it this morning that things are not what they seem. That as you step into these situations, as you spit on the ground, Lord Jesus, and mix the mud and put it on each person here, that through that life will come and your spirit would minister to each and every person. We pray these things in your precious name.